It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, gang, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host. Yep, you've worked it out. If you haven't, well, you should have done it. Anyway, we begin today's podcast. Um, sorry to interrupt you, Andy, but we're actually going to talk Sergio Aguero. Here's Danny Kelly with some breaking news coming out of Manchester City. Breaking news on Talk Sport. Manchester City, in the last four minutes, have just put up um, this. Manchester City will bid a fond and emotional farewell to legendary striker Sergio Aguero when his contract expires this summer. Treasured by City fans and, and a global icon of the game, Aguero is one of the most decorated and respected footballers to wear the sky blue shirt. I was very, very fortunate. I was there when he. Uh, we, we, uh, well, I think it's now known as the Aguero moment, isn't it? You know, where he mm. goes <laughs> against QPR, you know, it, it, it's two each. At that point, Manchester United are winning the title. He goes past the defender, he gets a little clip, he stays on his feet and he fires it into the net. Balotelli, Aguero! And that's it. City win their first title for 35 years. And that set it up. Uh, and, and that sort of set the ball rolling. The tears that we cried that day. And watching it back, I'm, still, I'm getting emotional now thinking about it. If he doesn't score the, that famous goal, man, you, your club and Mancini would have been accused of being bottlers. You'd, oh, that would have been that the would biggest been, bo- It would have been huge. The that's, bottle job, yeah. it's, it's, again, it's a, a big moment in your club's history that you go on and then win more... Premier Leagues. I think all Manchester City fans will be just massively appreciated to his impact and the efforts that he's given us. And what a superstar, you know, his goal record speaks for itself. Every time he got the ball, there was, and still there's a sense of excitement, like what can he do with it? What's he going to do next? What magic moments is he going to give us? I think he's got to take a lot of credit, not just for his goals, but, but how he's handled himself as well, especially around the time when it was left out of the team and Pep came in. The chairman of Man City said, we're going to make a statue of Grow because they're trying to catch up with everybody else in Man United and Liverpool. Listen, Aguero's a great player, but a statue, no. I actually think it adds to the stadium. I think I, it adds. I, I wouldn't disagree with I think with it, it adds yeah. uh, for when uh, fans are coming in, you see them all having the photos taken with yeah, yeah. The, the statues. So long as it's proven to be worthy, then I haven't got a problem with it at all. Special love I have for you. Can't see him going to a Premier League club. I think he'll go back. United. Home. Well, he goes to United, and there's there's uh, they're desperate for a striker. They're desperate for a striker. Man United. They don't mind one that's coming towards the uh, the end of his career. 
I can't see Sergio doing it just no. for the love of the blues. He knows it'll well, play if, like you know, Man United paid big dollars, Adam. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think Aguero's worried now. Know. <laughs> Barcelona being very strongly linked with him and that's a move that uh, I think does make sense uh, on several levels so we'll have to see how that goes City will be looking to replace him and Erling Haaland is being naturally linked with that Man City despite the, their deep pockets and despite the amount of money they have spent over the years they don't break world records they're 60s, aren't they, normally? 60, they are, 65. They are, they, which is obviously a huge sum of money. But, they, they, you know, Man United will, will go to 80, 90 minutes, as it's been proven. Man City don't do that. Man City tend to do it in a, in a different way. I, th- I don't think Haaland and, and Kane fits into their financial structure. Now, grassroots sport got underway in England with COVID restrictions eased. The sports minister, Nigel Huddleston, told TalkSport that his department is already thinking about what's next. We're putting the final touches on the on the pilot programmes, uh, which will include, you know, Wembley event, and uh, we'll be announcing more details in due course on that. And those hopefully will take place, obviously, these pilot programmes in April and May, with a view then to more sports opening up, getting fans back in stadia from the 17th of May. But it is with restrictions, and these pilot programmes are key because they're important learning points. And the precise numbers of people and the exact format of how we'll get people back will depend in part on how the pilots go. So I can't give too many details at the moment, but I can tell you we're working on it because we want to get fans back as soon as possible. And after another impressive performance for England, Chelsea's Mason Mount was lauded by Danny Murphy, praised by Troy Deeney, and Simon Jordan said that Mount is undoubtedly, a quote, unquote, a good player. Well done, Simon, for going above and beyond. And if you don't believe me, here's your proof. The idea that Mason Mount somehow divides opinion about whether he's a good player or not evades me because it's not about whether Frank Lampard picked him and patronised him and he was particularly prevalent towards Frank Lampard's thinking or whether Thomas Tuchel has now come round to that school of thought and put him in his team now. It's whether he's a good enough player or not and I think it's undoubtable that he's a very good player and should be very much part of England's plan. Mason Mount is playing for England and for Chelsea every week because he's a wonderful footballer and irrelevant to Lampard, Southgate or Tuchel, he'd still be playing in both teams. He's that good. He's got, he's got a lovely balance in his game of being creative, great movement off the ball, wants the ball in dangerous areas, but he's disciplined. Great pressing, runs back, does his defence, knows his role in the team. He is a, a certain starter. I'd be absolutely amazed if he stays fit if he's not in Southgate's first 11 come the Euros. Absolutely gobsmacked. They've got a chance here, played inside the penalty area and taken beautifully by Mason Mount. He's the one that's leading the team. I think that's the biggest thing for me. At a young age, he's the spark, he's the energy. He's always getting it on the half turn, always looking to go forward. He's so positive, but he brings you that variety as well. In the last game, he played Sheffield United. He started off as a 10, then he went out high left, then he went as a 9 and then he went as the 8. Yeah. in the same game he's just got that much versatility so I think he's great unsure whether he'll start but he's certainly making a case for it the way he's playing this season I'd have Mason Mount ahead of Jack Grealish Mason Mount for me in terms of what you want in an England team against any opposition he gives you or he ticks every box for me everything you want as a manager and everything you want as a fan he gives and he's only going to get better So who should be the England number one at the Euros after Nick Pope continues to impress and what will happen to Jordan Pickford when he returns? Well, let's ask the Watford striker Troy Deeney that question. Another brilliant save from Pope. 
flying to his right this time, and a one-handed save. Pope is single-handedly keeping the score down. No, Pickford technically is the number one, but I feel more safer when I got Pope in goal. I think when you play with Pitford or you watch Pitford, you're always thinking, is that Rick coming? I know that's really harsh because every goalkeeper that makes a mistake will always get highlighted. But I just think when Pope plays, especially when he plays for Burnley, I just don't ever feel like he's going to make a mistake. He just He's solid, he's reliable, and that's what you want from your goalkeeper, isn't it? Burnley boss Sean Dice came up with this left-field suggestion when he said Gareth Southgate should pick Tchaikovsky in the England squad. I think he means James Tarkovsky. Yeah, that's what he meant. Anyway, he's Daishi. I think Gareth certainly will have his, his uh, head-scratching moments of who to pick for what reasons. But, you know, he seems to be decent at filtering through who he should pick and, and what, who he should get involved and trying to get some of the younger players at least some exposure to it. I think, I think in a way, I suppose the other, the other way of looking at it is when that talent emerges, it is more obvious because there's so many foreign players now in the Premier mm-hmm. League. There are, there are some very, very good players available at the minute. So, you know, I don't think it's an easy one. Um, you know, and, uh, you know my, myself, I've spoken openly. I'm, I'm still surprised that James Tarkowski hasn't got a, a sniff around it. Uh, Pope, he's obviously playing at the moment and done well, so that's fine. You know, there, there's a couple of things. So the point is, you'll still have opinions. My opinion on James, uh, James Tarkowski, the media's opinion is massive and fan opinion as well. So I personally think Gareth's doing a really good job. I like him as a bloke as well. And, and you know, I wish him well with what's coming up. Now, Danny Murphy has claimed that the England under-21s feel like it's a punishment to be in the squad and manager A.D. Boothroyd needs to take responsibility for not getting the best out of them. They're currently on the brink of elimination from the Euro 2021 tournament after losing to Portugal. And Ian Moosey Moosey Abrahams said he'd run across London Bridge naked if the under-21s qualify for the tournament. If they beat Croatia 3-0 on Wednesday, they'll qualify. If they beat Croatia 3-0 on Wednesday, I'll walk up and down London Bridge start naked. Some days you realise that lockdown is not all that bad. Anyway, over to Murphy and Simon Jordan. If you're winning at 17 and 19 and the international, the first team looks like it's in, on a road to ascendancy, so why is the 21s the level that is falling down? I would suggest two things. One, I think it's an environment that people don't particularly think is aspirational or aspire to be in. They see it as somewhere where they're having to be rather than where they want to be. They'd rather be in the full team or, or, or they're finding themselves in the 21s because of a consequence. In part, it's the player's problem, but then the bigger problem is the manager's job is to ensure that those players understand where they are in the food chain, why they're in the 21s, what the value of the 21s is. Because once upon a time, you know, many, many years ago, when you had people like Terry Venables that were involved in the other 21s and other people like Dave Sexton, it was an environment where you progressed through to get to the first team. I think now there's also a bit of a mindset change in some of the, not all, but some of the players where they there's a little bit of entitlement comes into play where you think, well, what am I doing here? I'm better than this. I'll be, I'm playing for Chelsea Saturday, now I'm playing for the 21s. This, this ain't me. I, I don't think that the players at the under-21s probably go there feeling like if they play well, they're going to be catapulted into the squad at the moment. I don't think it... Some of them probably feel like it's a bit more of a punishment. Ultimately, it's not good enough and there has to be a change because you can't have the quality of squad we've got the 21s performing the way they are. There's something not right, fundamentally. I'm here to do this tournament. We've got three games. We're only, we've only done two. We're disappointed. Um, we've, we've, got, we've got some hope 
Um, so whilst wherever there's hope, we've, we've got to go after it. So that, that's what I have to do, you know, not consider my uh, future, but consider the immediate future and see if we can get a result against uh, Croatia. The job of any manager, whether it be international level, under-21s, club level, is to motivate the group you've got, understand their mentality and, and find a way of getting them to perform at their best. And if that means taking players who are a little bit younger and not as established and more hungry, do that. If you can't get a tune out of the players you're bringing in because of whatever, then you're responsible as the coach. It's what? as simple as that. And we finished with Sean Dyche on The Breakfast Show explaining Burnley's wheel of fortune, as well as the time he did a team talk in a taxi with Danny Dyer, as you do. Morning, Sean. Danny Dyer here. Now, we once had a random journey in the back of a cab. Can you remember what I asked you to do? Because I can't, because I was off me now. Toodle pip. It's a true story. It was a static cab, I must say. Uh, a mutual friend's wedding. They had a static cab and in the back was a video. So you used to go in, you went in the back and uh, did a video for the bride and groom. And Danny and uh, the, the fellow whose wedding it was, they actually asked me, said, will you do a team talk? So I did a team talk in the back of a cab, a static <laughs> cab in someone's garden to a video screen. And I believe the bride and groom have still got the video and they've had a bit of a laugh about it. So yeah, that's a true story. And yes... He was off of his nuts without shadowing it. <laughs> the wheel of misfortune. That sounds magical. There's something about it. It's intriguing as all here, Sean. What happened was, when I first got to Burnley, we were trying to get a bit of buy-in from the players. And after Christmas, they had a bit of a do, you know, pre-COVID, obviously have a bit of a Christmas do. And afterwards, the, the professionalism started slipping a bit and they stopped sort of getting on each other and all that because the fines get less because they've got nothing to look forward to. So Mark Howard, my sports scientist, he had heard this, this story of in rugby, they have like a version of a wheel where they spin it and you do the fine or the forfeit. I think it was more of a night out thing, to be fair. Um, we took it on as being more of a way of keeping the players on board and a bit alive to the professional stuff. Now, not big stuff. You know, if people are late for meetings or training. That's different. You know, that would be a, a proper fine. But just little things, you know, being respectful around the group, being respectful to the profession that you're in, you know, little things in the canteen and not leaving rubbish everywhere and, you know, looking after your kit and all these things. So we got this wheel. We started putting fines and forfeits on it. And if you got caught out, then you randomly go, whatever the wheel spun so you spin for a, a fine or a forfeit and down the years we've had some brilliant ones we've had I remember laying the river they had to get in the river at the training ground for a minute we've had a lap dance still one of the lads was awesome on a lap dance and he had to spin the wheel for someone else to do the lap dance on I'm not going to let you know who it was but it was the best lap dance I've ever seen not that I've been to a lap dance whatever of course who would you're um, purely surmising so here I'm guessing I'm just, I'm just going into trouble and getting myself out of trouble That's it for another podcasty thing. Thanks so much for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show today on TalkSport with Goffey at 4pm. So make sure you join me for that or I'll come and get you. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.